Yesterday was hiatal hernia versus hiatal hernia syndrome. Today I want to talk to you about the many symptoms of hiatal hernia because you can have these symptoms and you would never think it had anything to do with your stomach. So this is the, the cover of my book, Hiatal Hernia Syndrome, and you can see about 10 symptoms listed there. And so let's, let's talk about what conventional medicine tells you if you are diagnosed with hiatal hernia. So first of all, a lot of people are not diagnosed even though they have it because they have what's called a sliding hiatal hernia, meaning it, it, it pushes up and then it goes back down. And since 80% of them are sliding, you can see where that might be missed in an endoscopy and in the various testing that can occur. But um, the classic thing you're told is because you have acid reflux, GERD, heartburn, you're told, um, oh, that makes sense with your hiatal hernia, and here's your antacid. Now, that's a dangerous thing to do. We're going to get into that in another segment, but a lot of times you can actually have symptoms of acid and not have enough acid. So you're given an antacid and it's just making things worse. But that, that's kind of the, the start and stop of, of um, the diagnosis in conventional medicine is, okay, you have acid reflux, heartburn, et cetera, that feeling, um, some bloating, and then they find the hiatal hernia, and again, it's either recommending PPIs, which is acid blocker, or surgery, depending on how serious it is. However, here's the key thing, and this is why I wrote the book, hiatal hernia syndrome, because there is a cascade of symptoms associated with hiatal hernia that, again, you'd never think to associate. Let's start with some of the obvious ones, because we began with acid reflux. Because of acid reflux, you can have a sore throat, you can have trouble swallowing. Acid reflux is, is interesting because you can get a kind of a big flow of acid up the esophagus and you're spitting out acid and it's disgusting. It's kind of like when you vomit. Um, or you can have what's called silent reflux, which is the acid is just sort of crawling up your esophagus. And what it can do, it's still creating inflammation because the esophagus is not supposed to be bathed in acid. And you can have kind of um, trouble swallowing, Food can get stuck and it can be very uncomfortable, hoarse voice, so that kind of thing. The other is that because the esophagus is that tube that it's, and it's quite far at the back actually of your chest cavity, but um, because of the inflammation, you can get a tightness in your chest, you can get chest pain, you can actually get tingling in the um, in your fingers, in your toes, uh, but especially with some pressure in the chest and um, the feeling of tingling, you know, a lot of people are running to the ER and that's the right thing to do. My goodness, heart disease is the number one killer in our country. You always want to get to some place very quickly to rule out if you're having a heart attack. It's just what happens next when they tell you your, your heart is perfectly fine. So let's continue on with these symptoms. I think I'll just work from, from top down. So. Because the stomach is in spasm, we went over this a bit yesterday, you can look, look at that one later, but because the stomach is in spasm and is pushing up on the diaphragm, that sheet of mus muscle that allows air to come in and go out, um, because of that spasming, it kind of freezes up the diaphragm a bit and you can feel short of breath. So air hunger, it's called, where all of a sudden you find yourself taking a deep breath. And the other thing that happens in concert with that 
because of not exactly enough air, is that your stress hormones start going, they start getting a bit excited. And so with the stress hormones getting excited, you can feel the sense of anxiety when nothing in your immediate environment makes that, you know, uh, warranted, right? So there's nothing happening in your environment. This is all internal and it's like, why do I feel panically? Why, why am I so anxious? And it's a horrible feeling, especially when you can't attach it to anything. So you start thinking, you know, it's all up here, which is, it absolutely is not. Again, stomach spasming, this is all starting in the digestive tract. That stomach is spasming, it's pushing up on that diaphragm. Your diaphragm can't move as freely as it should. Your stress hormones want to let you know that you're not getting quite enough air. Because when you think about it, we can live, what is it, a week without water, a month without food. What about air? I mean, how many, how many minutes do you have where you can survive without air? It's not that many. You know, if you're, a, if you're a Navy SEAL, maybe it's six minutes. But the average human, much less. So, of course, it's warranted that your stress hormones try to get your attention and say, Let's do something. Something's not right, okay? So we, we need to, I want to alert you to that fact. And that's where that anxiety comes in. The other thing that occurs with that is you can get some heart palpitations. So now, again, we're back to the, the ER ruling out the heart, which, again, for a first time, it's, it's the right thing to do. I know people have been back to the ER five, ten times ruling out a heart attack. And, and I get it, you know, you're, it happens in the middle of the night or whenever it happens, it's very scary. But when that heart's been checked out, the lungs have been checked out and you're told it's fine, that's why I'm trying to talk about this because I can't tell you how many people are stuck in that cycle. And then, of course, what's the next thing that happens? After a few trips to the ER, they're like, you know, you're under stress and, and here's your psychiatric medication. By the way, this has the side effect of suicide, suicidal tendencies, um, but hey, it's all in your head. And, and I'm being sarcastic and I'm sorry and I'm not saying that those drugs are never useful, but in the main, um, they've been proven to be less effective than than placebos in the main. So you want to know that. And also I speak to patients constantly, new patients who say, I'm not really a stressed out individual. You know, I'm not a high anxiety person. Now this is making me anxious, sure, because this anxiety is coming upon me and I have these heart palpitations and I can't breathe and my life is not the same. Like I've lost my life. I hear that a lot. You know, this is not my life. This is not the life I want to lead. I can't be active, you know, on and on and on. So of course you're upset. Of course you're a little depressed. That doesn't mean it's coming from here, okay? That's a secondary effect of this. So uh, let's continue on. Insomnia is another one because what happens is during the day, we've talked about the poor little stomach being pushed on the diaphragm. Um, but during the day when you're upright, gravity is helping pull, pull everything down. As soon as you get horizontal at night to sleep, uh, unfortunately things get pushed up more easily because there is no gravity pulling in the right direction. And you can get the heart palpitations, the shortness of breath, the panic attacks, etc. So for some people it's exacerbated at night, literally because of the position. Now some people are, you know, have figured this out. They're starting to sleep on a, on a bit of a slant, which can uh, improve the symptoms, but it's not getting to the root cause because that's not the way you 
want to have to live your life. Um, so what else are my symptoms that I wanted to go over? Yeah, you can actually have chest pain. You can get lightheaded. So you can actually feel dizzy and lightheaded again because not enough oxygen and because you're having this, this anxiety and you're starting to hyperventilate a little bit. So, so the cascade of this, that's why we named it hiatal hernia syndrome because it's coming together of all these symptoms that Again, when you're in the midst of it, there's no way you would tease it out to say, oh, it's my gut, I understand that. It's not until you start hearing this explanation that it makes sense. And I'll tell you, the very first time, you know, this is a long time ago, I've been in practice for 40 years, and we've been treating hiatal hernia syndrome in this fashion for about 15, I only wrote the book a couple of years ago, but probably 25 years ago, a young woman I was treating uh, came in, and she said I was in the ER over the weekend, I was like, what happened? She said, I had a panic attack. And I was like, what, what was going on in life? She goes, nothing. I, I, it was the strangest thing. I woke up in the middle of the night. I couldn't get enough oxygen. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And I went to the ER. And, and, I, and I knew this woman. So, you know, I started like, you know, because I'm a doctor of chiropractic as well. And so really found out her poor diaphragm wasn't spasm. So we did some work on that, changed her diet a little bit, and, and that ameliorated it. But then all of a sudden, we we're starting to hear about it long, you know, more and more. So that, that was the progression over the years. But I still remember this young woman to this day who began this whole, this whole knowledge base that um, is really not very understood. I do want to talk about the heart palpitations because that is something that gets a lot of attention, it's scary, and, and what's happening? And for years, if you've seen any of my prior videos, I talk about the fact that I never understood why someone would go to a gastroenterologist or go to the ER and say, you know, I, I have this, this bloating and I have gas and I'm uncomfortable when I, I can't really eat and, and, and I know you guys keep telling me my heart is fine. Well then, could this possibly be related to this you know, stomach, gastrointestinal issue that we know I have? And one for one, they'd always be told, no, 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 no. You know, hiatal hernia would never create that. And I was like, I didn't get it because let's look at anatomy, okay? You've got the stomach on the left side and then the diaphragm in between, and guess what's right above it? Your heart. They're right above each other. They're not that far apart as far as anatomy is concerned. And I, I've kind of ranted and raved about this over the years because it's really not a big stretch to understand how the stomach is in spasm, pushing the diaphragm up, and now it's sort of impinging upon the heart itself. And it wasn't until, oh, I guess six, eight months ago I ran into a cardiologist online. Uh, he's from the UK, and he talked about this cardiogastric reflex. Just that, he talked about the fact that the, the stomach being elevated can sort of set off the heart into palpitations, AFib, things like that. They can be very serious. So, um, you know, it's one thing being told your heart's fine, but when these heart palpitations keep happening, especially if it goes into AFib, um, atrial fibrillation, then you are putting stress on the heart, you see? So you don't yet have a problem, but if we don't get to the root cause, you're continuing to stress out your heart, you're continuing to stress out your stress hormones, and that, so it's gonna imbalance things secondarily in, in tertiary, so that's why we have to jump in and really get to the root cause. I wanna just make sure that I didn't, um, oh, another, um, 
very common one is people say, boy, I can't even bend over to, uh, no, a young man told me the other day, he goes, I can't even bend over to like put, pick up my dog's bowl off the ground without my heart being set off. So in other words, things are so constricted and there's so much pressure in there, that extra bending over, tie your shoes, you know, bending over to get something and you, and you can't do it without setting off these heart palpitations. So um, this, this is quite a cascade of symptoms, right? And so again, Conventional medicine, unfortunately, is going to tell you, if they even find a hiatal hernia, that all these symptoms have nothing to do with it. And that is false. That is absolutely not true. And so many people are suffering because of that untruth. And then they just sort of give up and go, all right, that's all in my head. Give me the psychiatric drug. And then we've added insult to injury. Um, so the good news is there is treatment. I'm going to be talking about hiatal hernia every single day this week and different segments, but I wanted to go over all these symptoms so that you could, maybe you know somebody like this who's just all of a sudden, you know, feeling anxious, short of breath, they don't know what's wrong with them, they've been to the doctors, they can't find anything. This can very much be, statistically speaking, the underlying root cause, and it's not hard to figure it out. It's truly not, and the treatment's natural. It's not drugs, it's not surgery, it's a natural treatment, and you get your life back but um, yeah, the, the confluence of all these aspects of the body coming to be together can really, I mean, I've had people be homebound and just afraid to go out of the house because they never knew when the heart palpitations would come on them and they get paralyzed with anxiety. So it can be quite serious. It doesn't have to be. We've been doing this for, well, we've been in practice for 40 years. We've been specializing in this for 15 um, with excellent results. But I wanted to go over all those symptoms and explain why. Bloating and gas, I actually missed a very important one, constipation, uh, chronic constipation and or diarrhea. And a lot of times people who have had constipation since they were little kids and they didn't even know it was constipation because families don't discuss poop enough uh, in the family. So. A lot of times somebody's been suffering with this and it's been increasing the pressure within their abdomen because of this chronic lack of passing of stool in an efficient manner every day of their lives. So that is a strong underlying root cause. Um, anyway, so good. I hope this was helpful. I went on a little bit longer but, uh, than I had thought, but it's uh, likely somebody you know has this and they might be suffering silently or they just might be putting up with, you know, being on uh, PPIs, which are, you know, acid-reducing medication, and it's not really helping their other symptoms. And, uh, and it's unfortunate because it's not that hard to fix. So um, I hope this was helpful. If you like the channel, please subscribe, give it a thumbs up, tell others, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you found this video helpful. If you want more on this topic and others, click here.